Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining this week's message from Zoe Church, Los Angeles. We're excited to have you join us as it is Vision Sunday, and we're releasing the vision for this next year. We're in Joshua chapter 24 when Joshua declares, you choose who you'll serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As always, thank you to every person that helps partner with us to get the message out. If you'd like to give, text Zoe to 77977 and we'll shoot you a link and you can give right there. But let's jump in to this week's message called Me and My House. Hey, what's going on everybody? This is Pastor Chad and we are so excited for Zoe Conference 2024, February 1st through the 3rd. Make sure you get your tickets. We have incredible preachers coming to minister the word. We got incredible worship leaders. In fact, not just Naomi Rain, but newly announced The Belonging Co. is gonna be at Zoe Conference 2024. Make sure that you register, bring your team, bring your group, bring your cousin, bring everybody you know to Zoe Conference 2024. We'll see you there. Bibles to Joshua 24, Joshua 24. I'm going to jump in to this year's vision for Zoe Church. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14. I'm going to read in just a moment, but if you didn't see it, out in the courtyard or online, the vision for this next year is me and my house. Me and my casa. Casa de la raza. Me and my house. And it comes to us from a scripture in the book of Joshua where Joshua makes a declaration not only about his life, but about his home. And watch what he says here, Joshua chapter 24, Joshua is speaking to a group of people. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt, serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Let me just pause there. All of us get to choose our master. All of us get to choose what God we're going to serve. And if you don't think you have a God today, check yourself before you wreck yourself. All of us are serving a God. It could be the God of money. It could be the God of career. It could be the God of fame. It could be the God. You name your God. He says, you choose your God. You choose which God you're going to serve. Look in verse 14 again. He says, 15, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. I like that part because just because you're living in a place doesn't mean you have to serve the gods of that place. Just because you live in L.A. doesn't mean you have to serve the gods of L.A. So I can actually serve God while there's other gods circling. I don't need any witchcraft or anything diabolical, anything evil, or anything the world tells me that I need. I bow my need to one God. I confess my mouth and declare there's one God. Come on, Westside, clap with us. Come on, everybody. Just thank God. I'm choosing my God. So he says, sometimes you're going to have to be counterculture. You know, 
Being a Christian is, is living upstream. The way of the world is going one way, but I'm living against the grain. I'm living upstream for the glory of God. He said, choose, make a decision. Who are you going to serve? Or the Amorites, the God of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I like that so much. You know I'm going to yell today. But as for me, as for me, as for me and my house, we're going to serve Jesus. I can't speak for y'all. I don't, I don't know what y'all are up to. I don't know what you guys are doing in your house. I don't know if you think it's appropriate to go see spiritists and mediums and fortune tellers. You do you, you do you, boo. But let me just tell you something. That's for me and my house. Did it say we're going to go to church? We, we, we're going to be in a connect group. No, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve. There's a difference between knowing God and serving God. And Jesus said, one day you're going to come to me and you're going to stand before me and you're going to, you're going to go off and, and look at all the things I did in your name. I prophesied in your name and I healed in your name and I did all these things in your name. And he said, yeah, but I never knew you. So we don't just serve God. We know God. We will serve the Lord. We will know the Lord. As for me and my house, in my house, we're going to serve God. Everything starts with me. And so I'm, we're going to take time and we will apply this, this word for this year as a church and as a team. We're going to apply it together. But I want to start this Sunday off. The title of my message is the vision. Write down the title, Me and My House. And I just want to just teach this word to you because I felt like God was speaking to us. It's time to be awake. It's time to get our eyes and our ears open to what the enemy's trying to do in our home. There's a scripture that says, if he strikes the, the shepherd, the sheep scatter. And so I always think God, God has to protect our homes because if our homes get attacked, then everything goes awry. And so we've got to come together and we got to get strong in our house because even from the first set of brothers, there was sibling rivalry and one of them, one of them ended up dead. And so the enemy attacks marriages. The enemy attacks sibling rivalry. The enemy attacks in our home. And if he can mess with our house, he can get our life. And so I want to make a declaration for us at Zoe Church. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Amen to that. Come on, clap if that's your prayer coming into this next year. Me and my house, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So I'm going to give you three things to write down today. Write down number one, everything flows out of my relationship with God. It all starts with me and Jesus. It all starts with my relationship with God. So first, the first priority is on moi. The first priority is on me. In Spanish, me. The first... I think, but, but the first priority, I got Casa right. Don't judge me. But, but, but the first priority is, is, is me. God's always working on me. Aren't you grateful that you and I are both under construction? It's an old cheesy saying, but I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. That God has been working the morning shift, the day shift, the evening shift, the night shift. God's been working on me. If you're wondering where God works, he works on you. 
He loves you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you in that condition. If you're broken, don't worry, God's working. If you're bruised, don't worry, God's healing. If you're, if, you're, if you're a mess today, don't worry, God redeems, God restores, God renews, God revives, God is good. And I love this scripture, uh, Philippians 1, watch what it says, put it on the screen. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God is not the God that starts stuff and leaves it. God is not the God that starts stuff and quits. Even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. So God keeps working on you and showering you and loving you and convicting you and teaching you and reminding you. Why? Because he's not done yet. And so being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to what? Complete it. So God's working on you. You ever start an Ikea project and you quit in the first five? And you look at the Ikea project, you're like, man, I think this is like a trick. I think someone in the factory was like, got him. God didn't, God didn't look at your condition and go, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be too big of a job. This is, this, this is, well, you, you done messed up, didn't you? And so we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to move on to bigger and better people. No, the thing that God's always working on is you. Why does he work on us? Because he loves us and he's, God is more committed to you than you are. A lot of us, we've already quit on our dream and our calling and the future that God has, and God says, I will remain faithful. I will remain committed because I'm a faithful God. And I don't, I'm not a God that changes my mind. You know, you ever have, um, be around somebody that they wanted one thing, so you door dashed it, and then it came, and they're like, I changed my mind. You're like, well, we already paid the guy seven bucks. I'm a tipper. God does not change his mind when it comes to his plans for your life. He's just committed to you. And so the first place he starts is me in my heart. The most important thing that you are stewarding in steward little is your heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, put it on the screen. Above all else, guard your heart for out of it flows all the issues of life. Every category of your life goes back to your heart. And if your heart is bad, your whole life is bad. But if your heart is good, your life will be good. So what, where does God start? He starts working in me. He does a might. Listen, we, we can't have revival unless God does revival in you. We can't have generosity until generosity happens in you. We can't have repentance until repentance happens in you. God always does a you thing before he does a us thing. So he's, come on, clap if you're thankful. Come on, Westside, join us. We're grateful he's working in me. He's, the Bible says, for it is God, it is God, for it is God who is at work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I love that word, the Greek word there. It's the Greek word energio. It's where we derive in the English language the word energize. For God is energizing you. God has given you the energy. I got energy. Got a lot of energy. Got a lot of, hey, come on. And so God is what? He's energizing you what? To do his will. 
Because guess what? I didn't want to follow God. And I didn't want to tithe. And I didn't want to be holy. And I didn't want to be kind. And I didn't want to forgive him. And I didn't want to serve. And I didn't want to help. But it is God who is at working in me both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Because God finds pleasure when you're doing good. God finds pleasure when you're following his will. But when you're acting a fool and rebelling and going against the ways and the precepts of God, he doesn't find pleasure. For as for me and my house, it starts with me. Everything starts with me. It's a me thing before it's a we thing. Don't expect it to be a we thing unless it's a me thing. God first works in me and then it results in we. Wish I had an organ player right there. I start preaching and stomping. Gosh, these are skinny. Anyways, um, as for me, as for me, you, you know, I can't control you. I've, I've, I have a hard enough time trying to control me. And so you make your decision on which God you serve. I can only speak for me. We had this beautiful gala on Thursday night, and we raised so much stinking money for Zoe Cares and our mission. Can we clap for everybody that helped put on the gala? Every dollar going to missions. And I loved because, you know, when you check in at the gala, everybody gets um, like, a, like, a, um, like a number. And then, you know, you, you auction on your items or you bid on stuff. And, and I liked it because, you know, when we got to the auction items and the different parts, you know, people throwing up their, their numbers and, the, you know, I'm in and, you know, this. And it made me think of one time me and Julia went to a gala and it was by group. It was by the table. And so we're at the gala and they start doing the auction items and how much you're going to give. And this lady was our spokesperson and she kept just being like, she thought we had money. So she'd look at the group. She'd be like, are we in? And we're like, no. And she's like, <laughs> we're like, no. And so finally we won a thing. We won, but we lost. You know what I'm saying? And so, so she, when she came to us, she's like, gosh, guys, this is amazing. A generosity is amazing. And I was like, I do not like you. This is not amazing. You're amazing. I'm not amazing. It's not about the group and tell us about you. It's for me and my house. I love that God first works in us. Watch what God told Abraham. He says in Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you realize God's doing a you thing? He's not working on us. He's working on you. And what God does in you affects us. Don't think for one moment that what you do doesn't affect Zoe Church. Don't think for one moment that your faith and your generosity and your compassion and your decision to serve and your decision to love doesn't impact this place. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So number one, I want to encourage you that everything in your life flows out of your relationship with God. Not out of your church attendance record, but out of your relationship with Jesus. Write down number two. I love this. My house, my house will know and serve the Lord. My home is going to know and serve the Lord. Matthew 7, we sang it today earlier. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Every time I read on the rock, I hear a Sean Connery accent right there, but I can't do it. Anyways, um, the rain came down. Oh, let's try the rock. Um, the rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. Interesting. It did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice in their homes is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, how great was its crash? You, you, ever, you ever see like a, a, a family fall apart or a marriage or a business or something, you know, a, 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 an organization fall and great, a church even, how great was the crash? And you marvel actually at the devastation of the aftermath more than you did the beauty of the building. So the greatness wasn't the house. The greatness was in the crash. And I want to encourage you to build your life and your home on Jesus because just a heads up, Jesus is warning us. The rain is going to come. The wind is going to howl. The storm is on the way. But if our life and our house is built on Jesus, we're good. But if our house is built on feelings and our house is built on pleasure and our house is built on what's momentary, we're not going to last because we're one phone call away from our knees. We're one phone call away, that doctor's report, or you losing your job or something happening in your life. But if your house is built on the rock, if your house is built on the truth of God's word, if your house is built on his word, whatever gets thrown your way, it's not going to mess with you. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to push you back. Come on, clap if you're thankful today. I'm built on God. So my house and my house, my house, we are going to know and we are going to serve. We're going to know God. We are going to serve God. I wonder if I went to your house, what is, the, what is the vibe? What is the energy? What does your house feel like? Every house has a culture. Every house has a thermostat. Julia refuses to use ours during these cold months. You wake up in my home, it's 52 degrees. 64, but same thing. I beg her, I'm, I'm cold. Please. Just one piece of bread. What does she say to me? No soup for you. A thermostat is supposed to kick in when the temperature rises or goes too low. Do you have a thermostat of faith in your home? That no matter what gets thrown your way, you regulate the atmosphere and the environment of your house. No matter what I'm facing, my home is a home of laughter and peace and joy and celebration and hospitality and the fruits of the Spirit. We're not thrown by the weather or the season or what's shifting. We serve God in our house. What's the, what's the pulse of your home? What's your house feel like? But Julie and I got home from Houston. Uh, not Julie, sorry. Winston and I got home from Houston yesterday. And I walked into our house and all the Christmas decor's out. 
and, and the lights are out and the trees are getting ready to be set up and the Christmas pajamas. Anybody got Christmas pajamas? You live in them for like a month. You know what I'm saying? It's like Christmas flannel PJs. And, and all the PJs are out. And it's, it's Mariah Carey season. It's elf season. It's candy cane season. And, 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 and that's the feeling of our house right now. It feels like Christmas. What does your house feel like? What's the theme of your house? Who's the God of your home? I saw a video of this guy. He loves the Dallas Cowboys. So the Dallas Cowboys, he's got a, like a Dallas Cowboys cave. And he's got like the posters and jerseys. And he's got, you know, all the paraphernalia and the football. I love Cowboys. Cowboy fans are like Clipper fans. They're just, they're so cute. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> you guys, you little cutie patootie. You guys think you're going to win again. Oh, what a cutie. This guy, it's got, he's got a whole room dedicated to the Cowboys. He's got, he's got the jersey on. He's got the, the cup with the Cowboys. The whole thing, I wonder, does your house have an obsession for Jesus like this man does the Cowboys? What does your home serve? Because you got to choose your God. I'm just saying in my house, we're going to know God. We're going to serve God. We're going to follow God. We're going to sing about God. We're going to talk about God. If you're going to be about it, let's be about it. I love this in Deuteronomy. Watch what God says. Chapter 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all, let me just stop there. This cowboy fan is loving the cowboys with all of his heart. We should love God like that. If that's a fanatical example, we should be fanatical examples in our faith. Julie and I stayed in this house this last summer. We were preaching at church. They got us an Airbnb on a lake. And we went to the, to the house in the lake. They were, these were the most Christian people I've ever seen in my life. Oh, they had Bibles by the bedside. All the books were Christian books. None of them were mine, but that's a side note. And um, <laughs> hurts. But um, and, and, and all the art was scriptures. And I was like, either these are the most holy people ever or, or the church put all this props in the house. Either way, I can tell what they're about. Do people know what you're about? Do pe can people walk into your house and just... Y'all love Jesus, huh? We're not incognito about it. I'm not trying to be a stealth Christian. Jesus said, if you were ashamed of me on this earth, my father will be ashamed of you when you show up. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Look at what he continues to say. He says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Talk about God in your house. Get that atmosphere of worship in your house. Our homes should be a place where God is welcomed. God dwells. God lives. Impress them on your children. Man, when I pray for my boys at night, I pray long-winded, boring prayers. 
I'm long-winded with the prayer. I, I want them to roll their eyes. Dad was always praying too but I'm, I'm prophesying over my boys. I don't need a keyboard player. I don't need a conference. I don't need a church service. I'm, I'm putting God's word in my, that's why the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they'll not depart from it. That's why at Zoe, clap for Zoe kids today, by the way. Shout out to every Zoe kids worker. We thank God for you. We say as Zoe kids, they're not babysitting, it's leadership development. We're training up children to when we shoot them into the earth, they know who they are. When I pull up in my minivan to drop off my boys in the valet, I pull up, I hit that button, door opens, fall out. I look at my boys, I said, boys, let me ask you a question before you go to school. Are you a leader or are you a follower? Leader. That's right. The older one didn't say anything. I had to ask him, are you a leader or a follower? Leader. <laughs> Preteen sucks. I hate it. I apologize for saying sucks. She hates that. Preteen is terrible. I asked the younger one, are you a leader or are you a follower? Leader. <laughs> I'm impressing God's truth in my house. It's not a show up on Sunday. All right, let's be Christian. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't appreciate people that want to go on the mission field and serve people and give somebody a glass of water in the name of Jesus and you come home and you're a devil. How could you be a demon in your own home and try to be a saint at church? No, where we serve, the hardest place to serve God in the whole world is your own home. Because in your own home, everybody knows the good, the bad, and the ugly about you. There's no fooling people in your house. They know all your weaknesses. So who are we the kindest to? And who should we forgive the most? So I love those posters. They used to have these posters in people's houses. It would say, in this house, we do dot, dot, dot. And it would be like, we do second chances, ice cream, dance parties, forgiveness, support, encouragement. What do you do in your house? What are your values? How do you bring resolution to conflict? How do you forgive the people that have hurt you the most? The people that, that are closest to you hurt you the worst. And so I'm saying to us as a church, it's time for us to serve God in our homes. It does us no good to show up at Zoe and, and worship. Firm foundation. And then at home, we live incongruent to our confession of faith. And so it starts with me, and then it goes to my house. As for me and my house, amen? Write down number three, because I want to encourage you with this worship team. You can come join me. God will show me what brings him glory. My eyes and my ears and my heart are always open to him. God will show me. He'll show me how to do this. Because if you today don't know how to serve God in your own home and you didn't have an example or a model of what a good parent or what it looked like to follow Jesus. This last service in the 9.30, my parents were here. Shout out to my mom and dad. And my mom and dad just moved to Palm Springs. And so they're gonna be around Zoe a lot more. Clap for my mom and dad. I'm excited to have them. You never met nobody like my mom. First name, Stella. 
self-proclaimed hot mom of each. Self-nickname. And um, you know, I was raised with godly parents. I was raised, my parents showed me what it looked like to fight fair and to forgive and to work through issues and to serve God. And it wasn't a Sunday thing. It was an everyday thing. And they're not perfect. No home is perfect. No family is perfect. Somebody say amen. But I saw them try. I saw them apply. I saw them, you know, they're real. They're genuine. We all have struggles. We all have issues. None of us are perfect. But what I'm saying to us is let's try our best. Some of us have quit trying in our home. Some of us are trying harder when we leave the house than when we're in the house. For some of us, the most lonely place in your life is your own home. Because we quit showing up for each other. And it stops in this season. It stops with this word. Because divorce is real. Kids that fall away from the faith is real. And we're saying like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going we're gonna to find a way to make it happen. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen? And if you're like, well, I didn't have good parents. I don't know what that looks like. Don't worry. You have a perfect father in heaven that will show you what it looks like. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm going through a real hard time. I'm going through a real hard time. It's a hard season for me personally, financially. I'm just not in a good place. Don't worry. God's working in you. And God's working in your home. And God wants to be glorified and magnified in the place that you sleep. In fact, God says this in Isaiah. This is in the opening scriptures. But in Isaiah 32, God says, My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Your home should be a restful place. Your home should be a place of protection. Your home should be a place that God can speak to you. So if you need to go home and clean your house, clean your house. Get organized. It's a place that glorifies the name of God. My people will dwell in secure places, places of rest. Amen to that. And can we just thank God for a place to hang our head at night and to rest our soul and to get replenished and to get restored, to go out and serve God? Can we thank God for that today? I'm grateful for where I live. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful. I got the attitude of gratitude. Amen. And if you don't know how to do this, oh, I want to, I want to. How do I do this? How do I apply this? God will show you. He'll teach you. He is the great instructor. It's kind of like this old saying. Whenever a student is ready to learn, a mentor always walks through the door. Whenever you posture yourself like, God, I want to be right. I want to, I want to serve you in my house. I want you to be glorified and magnified in my own four walls. And God, I really want to do this. God will walk through the door. He'll show you how. Psalm 25. You don't believe me? Watch this. He says, the humble, the humble, he guides injustice, and the humble, he teaches them his way. So God will show you this is what it looks like. 
this is how you do this. This is how you be, be a good mom. This is how you be a good wife. This is how you be a good father. This is how you be a good husband. This is how you can be single and secure. This is how you can keep your purity and wait till marriage. This is how you can follow me and glorify my name in your house. Don't regulate to the temperature of the culture. Regulate it to the temperature of my word. Come on, anybody want to learn and follow God and serve God? God will show you. He'll show you. He'll teach you. He'll train you. He'll train you. He'll teach you. He'll train you. Your job is humility. Your job is to say, my ear is open, my heart is open, and my eyes are open. And maybe for some of us, we've been closing our ears to the voice of God. Maybe because of your hurt and pain, you've been closing off your heart, saying, I'm not ready for God to speak to me. Maybe your eyes, you've looked away and you haven't been studying and focusing on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I say that as we go into this word, we make it a declaration. I'm going to try my best to learn how to serve God in my home. Amen. Because the enemy is going to try and bring all kinds of spirits, and offense, compromise, all kinds of things in your house. Some of us, we got to go home. We got to clean the house. Get your little Dyson out. We vacuuming today, baby. We're not just cleaning up like mopping the floors. Some of us, our entertainment, how are you going to glorify God with that stuff on your screen? Frequency of a home. Music is a frequency. How about we get the frequency of heaven rather than the frequency of hell? What I'm saying is when we open up our heart and our eyes and our ear, we're saying, God, my desire is to know you and to please you and to follow you. So Lord, if there's anything in my life, if there's anything in my home that doesn't please you, point it out. Because as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Just two more verses, real fast, two more verses. And then we're gonna sing to Jesus. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. Did you hear what the Bible's just teaching us right there? The wise one builds their home and the fool takes their house and breaks it apart. So are you gonna be marked as the wise one that builds your house or are you gonna be called a fool that tears their house apart? Because the one that's wise is building and the fool is tearing. I don't know about you, but I'm trying to build my house. Clap if that's your prayer and that's the desire of your life. I'm trying to build my house. The fool with their own hands, with their own two hands, tears it apart. Come on, with our own two hands, by the grace of God, we're going to build it in the name of Jesus. How about Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4? For every house is built by somebody, but he who built all things is God. So we're building a house, and it's not by power, and it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And we're going to trust in God, and we're going to look to God. God's going to keep building my life, and he's going to keep building my house. Come on, is that your prayer? Come on, anybody want to see God build your life and build your house? If that's your prayer today, why don't you lift a hand to heaven? Father, we thank you as Zoe Church on this special Sunday. We absorb the word. We digest the word. This is our prayer. This is our desire, God. We know that we're going to build it to the best of our ability, but Lord, you're the one that builds it. You said, unless the Lord builds 
builds the house. The labor. 